Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... Looking for a way to build daily prayer discipline? Seen the rise in mindfulness meditation? But not sure if it is possible to meditate in a way that's consistent with your Catholic faith? Just looking for a way to breathe new life into your existing prayer routine? No matter what you're looking for, Hollow is here to help. Hollow is a Catholic prayer and meditation app that helps users deepen their relationship with God through audio-guided contemplative prayer sessions. From meditations on the daily gospel to the rosary to daily examines, Hollow has something for everyone. Hollow is the number one Catholic app in the U.S. It is free to download and has permanently free content, but you can also check out all of the premium sessions for 30 days, risk-free, by signing up at www.hollow.app slash breadbox. My name is Emma Dorton. And my name is Christian Watkins. And we are Christian teens giving our personal insight with facts and stories. Welcome to the TBH Teens Being Honest podcast. Hello. I want to restart it. I will, I will, I will. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Teens Being Honest. This week's episode, we're going to be going over the topic of divorce and um, what it's like going through a divorce. I'm here with my good friend, Andre. Andre Rispy. What's up, dog? How you doing? Good to see you. Good to see you. Good to have you on the show. Stop messing around. Man. Okay. Okay. This, okay. So, we're just, in this episode, we're going to be going over, I'm just going to be asking Andre questions. Starting off with you know, some light questions, going into some heavier stuff. So stick around, and I know you guys will all enjoy. So, what was it like growing up in your home? I mean, it was it was really hard. I mean, at first, I don't really remember a lot of it, but I don't have that many memories until, like, you know, I was 10 or so, because my family was always moving around with my siblings, doing a lot of sports, such as tennis, and then... Most of my younger memories are us traveling or in my backyard, and it was all fun. It was really around when I was 12 when my parents really started arguing. I, like, noticed that it's not very good, but it was pretty easy since I had my siblings to take care of me. And, you know, it, it wasn't bad. Did you notice anything different about your siblings at age 12? or? Um. Well... My oldest three, they were all out of the house by I was when I was 12. So it was really just me and my two closest brothers, Max and Luke. And uh, Max was gone because of high school, and he did water polo, so he was gone mostly every night doing sports. So what are your best memories at that time? Um, Probably playing wiffle ball on the street. Yeah. Honestly, with all my brothers, with the few memories I have, it was definitely the happiest were baseball, Little League and all that, and then playing wiffle ball in the front yard. My brothers really tried to take care of me and, you know, like during summer and swimming and just going to basketball court. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of fun. You, you think they were like your sort of father figures then? Or no. 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 I think they were my brothers, you know, just someone to have fun with. Uh, my dad definitely disciplined us. You know, that's what a dad is supposed to do. And he taught us, like, if we ever got into a fight, just try and resolve it. Good. Um, and then, so, what do you think are your worst memories 
just growing up? Um, probably my brothers fighting, but that's just what brothers do. Mm-hmm. There was one memory the first time my mom moved out, or like I don't know if it was the first time. I was just very confused. And I think we were getting back from a baseball game, actually. Like, we went to see the open days. And, you know, I was like, ah, oh, this has been a good day. But then I come back and my mom has the car packed and tells us we're all going over to her house. Mm-hmm. I was just very confused and I didn't really know what to do. And you're, what age were you at this time? I think I was 12. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. So did you always just assume your parents would stay together? Or when did you realize it wasn't going to work out if not probably like last year yeah because i mean i always thought like i've always been taught one person has like every person has one person and if you get married you're supposed to keep it that way which is true but i mean sometimes people just don't see that or they forget it but um i think yeah when i realized that it wasn't going to work i was just really sad but i mean they they can't see past (coughs) their secular problems like they always fight over money but i think if they just forget that and remember what it's like to love each other again they could figure it out but i don't think they're ever going to be able to do that yeah so you just figured that out yeah a year ago yeah and had it sort of been leading up to that or yeah like my mom kept moving back in but then she would move back out and i was like oh, wow, this probably isn't going to get better, so mm-hmm. I may as well just try and figure out how to get used to it. Did it sort of, was there a transition period, do you know, or? Um, probably when I got into high school, because, uh, you know, at a PAL school, uh, just a little private Catholic school, there aren't that many people. Like, you grow up with them, you have all the memories with them, and you really know everything about them. And they're like, they're all sort of the same. Yeah. You know, they're all sheltered. They all have, like, not necessarily good family lives, but they all have, like, roughly the same things. Mm -hmm. But then when you get into high school, there are a lot more different people. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, that's when I realized, okay, so this is happening to other people, and it didn't didn't work. Their parents didn't find ways to fix it, and mine probably won't either. Did those friends help you to realize that you weren't alone or sort of just show you that you weren't uh, the only one going through that? It wasn't really my friends that had this situation. I just, like, it was people I knew that had this situation. They weren't really my good friends, but my good friends definitely helped me. Like, I would talk to them, and they would just listen. They wouldn't try and give advice, which was nice, because they don't really... I mean, if they don't really know what's happening, like, if they've never gone through it, they can't really give advice, but Mm -hmm. I found uh, other people who knew what they were going, knew what I was going through, and it was really helpful for me to talk to them about it. So do you think that you relied on them for support during these times? Uh, Yeah, that and uh, sports. Sports and that. So sports meaning you tried really hard in sports? Yeah, or like I began to uh, devote myself more to basketball, and then I picked up water polo, and I found myself dedicating more and more energy and effort into that to try and become the best person in that sport I could be. And I also, yeah, sports have really just helped me get my mind off of it and just give me another thing to focus on that makes me happy. So is it more um, sports are what you turn to or is it like a distraction 
What do you think? Um, I think it's more what I turn to because, like, I always enjoyed sports, but now I understand more things, and sports just became a good way to outlet my frustration. And mm-hmm. and I'm, it's just, it's not a, it's a good thing to, like, it's not a good thing to find ways to outlet your emotions, but sports can definitely help with that. And, and it's a good purpose, you know, I stay in shape. If I'm good enough, I could get a scholarship. So are you sort of channeling all that, all those emotional feelings into how you do with sports? Yeah. And I mean, I know you're good at sports, besides the I'm, fact that I'm I beat dec- you in horse all the time. I'm decent at sports, you know, I try my best. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so uh, how do you think God was helping you through this or do you think he wasn't what uh i think he was um i started praying more Mm because i was like okay like this isn't really helping and i started praying to god and then he really led me to basketball he showed me i was just wondering what to do like during spring and during off season and uh he came up and i thought i should try and do club teams and then I reached out to my coaches, and they pointed me to a lot of good things. And I really think God helped me with that, you know, giving my coaches the information which gave them to me, and then me making the teams. I definitely think He helped me there, um, you know, giving me my talent, you know, and you know, ability to play. Yeah. So, you you talk about doing sports and um, talking to other friends, but what are you? do when you aren't able to do something like that like for right now because we're not able to do our sports and we can talk to friends but it's sort of we've we've got restrictions put on that either by Mm -hmm. our parents or by the government itself so what do you what do you think about that type of situation um i often try to pick up a book not really watch tv because that's more of a distraction but if you like read a book you can really get into it and like especially religious books like, those can really lead you towards God and can really help you, like, find peace within yourself. And TV shows, they help you find joy, but reading a book, a religious book, they can help you find, like, true joy, like, happiness in God. And I think that's what this time has taught me, that I need to find myself back to God. Yeah, so when you talk about um, TV and uh, movies and distractions and stuff like that, I, I, I used to watch tv all the time yeah youtube basically not tv yeah Yeah. and it was sort of a distraction from myself not the same thing uh i'm I'm just like you said if you don't know you can't you can't give advice on that so just with with this tv thing i think a lot of people are using tv as a distraction right Mm -hmm. whether it be not not just for this type of situation but just all in general what would you sort of say about that i mean it, just try and limit it. Like, don't try and stop it all at once because that's just not healthy. And I mean, it's extremely hard to do it. But if you just try and limit yourself more and more, you could probably do it. And just find some other good habit. Like maybe taking your dog for a walk or just going outside, picking up a book or hanging out with your parents. Like, try and don't let their relationship affect your relationship with them just mm-hmm. try and build it up and try and make it strong so what what was it like for you knowing that your parents weren't getting along how did that how are you supposed to handle handle that I um i think 
me personally, it led me to another reason to find one girl and just make her the happiest I can be just so my kids, if I'm blessed to have any, don't have to go through what I'm doing. You know, and I've always tried tried to make other people happy because I know what it's like to be sad. And, you know, I think that although this has been hard, I think I I just want to help other people be happy and make sure other people don't have to go through this. Talking about um, your parents not getting along and you sort of trying to be this positive light in the world Mm -hmm. instead of getting down, getting upset, anything like that. How how is was it hard for you at first to sort of be that light, or did you just sort of take it on right away? Um, I tried taking it on right away, but then it was really hard. Like as things got worse between my parents, like every time they see each other, they just start arguing. And I'm like, wow, this really sucks. It's gonna be really hard. Mm-hmm. But you know, I started to pray more. Mm-hmm. I prayed the rosary once a week, more if possible. And I focused my mind on schoolwork, and if anyone had problem with school, I would try and help them. And I just, you know, I just devoted myself to doing other things, and I found that if I'm happy, other people just become happy. So are you sort of just reflecting that happiness? Does that help your parents out as well? Um, I sometimes, like, if I'm just alone with them, like, if they're not together, they're definitely... They're definitely the people I knew as I was growing up. Mm. But then sometimes we can have nice family dinners. Yeah. But it's slowly improving. So with with what you're talking about, this transition mm-hmm. going from, I don't know, uh, I don't know what to say about yeah. that, but uh, you're talking about family dinners, family gatherings. What uh, did you notice about your brothers? How did this affect them? Did it affect them differently than it affected you? Um, yeah, my uh, oldest brother, he doesn't really come home that often, but he lives all the way up in Vancouver and has a good business, so he can't really come, but, and then my oldest sister lives down in LA. She just doesn't want to do, have anything to do with our family. Mm. It's really sad, but she tries to take care of me, often contacts me. And then my uh, closest brother, he just, he doesn't have the best relationship with uh, our mother and it's just it they didn't handle it as well I think because they were more used to how it should have been mm-hmm. and I think that's probably good for them because they have a good example whereas I I was sort of forced to live with it mm-hmm. and I've sort of just adjusted to it but I didn't really have anything to adjust to as I don't really remember it but they had to adjust from a good healthy family to basically a broken torn apart family so you think that hard for them having to live through not just the um change but also going through uh not a not a broken but a happy family uh, do you think that that just really had a negative effect on all of them or yeah yeah Yeah, it's a lot harder for them like having to live in a time of peace and then having to go to a time of war it's just it's a it's a difficult transition process whatever you want to call it yeah yeah so uh what books were you reading during that time what what sort of spoke to you or what different prayers helped you get along through um i started reading the way by mm-hmm. saint jose maria and um it really just helped me be a better person and i think that was really good yeah 
what 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 did uh what sort of in that book spoke to you what i mean not a brief summary of the book yeah. but just one thing that you know took took to your heart uh it talked about compassion mm. and i was like okay i know what it's like to be sad and i need to you know if someone doesn't agree with me or if someone else is feeling sad i need to try and relate to them and try and you know see what they're seeing and just help them yeah i guess that's more empathy but no, no, no. That, 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 whatever, whatever it meant to you, that's, yeah. that's what you show. That's what you work out in the world. That's, that's perfectly fine. So, how uh, has this relationship affected your relationship with your mom? Um, I mean, it's a lot harder to um, agree with her on some things, and the same thing is with my dad, because you know, they were supposed to be, like, the models of what it was like, because a marriage isn't just between those two. It's about those two and God. And they kind of broke it, so I kind of had have had to figure out what not to do, which is a lot harder. Based, it's and, a lot harder to learn what on what not to do and then what to do. Mm-hmm. So I've sort of learned how to adjust. But I think learning my own relationship with God has helped me fix my relationship with them in person. So, um, going through uh, a thing like this, how how are you able not to keep that grudge? Because I know if I, if my parents were to split up and they just sort of grew distance, I I would hold a grudge against them. Because like you said, you know, marriage is with you and God, but then a family is with them and then everyone else that they pr- uh, provide for and um, just love. That's what they're supposed to be. Yeah. And how are you able to not hold a grudge against them, but instead be compassionate and just show uh, God's joy? How are you able to do that? I mean, I still somewhat hold a grudge against both of them because, I mean, you know, I I was really looking forward to having a family, like seeing all my siblings growing up but now i barely see my three oldest siblings and i mean i think part of it is because of what they've done to my family but i mean i just realized that we're all children of god and i mean children make mistakes and we just need to we can't do anything about it the past is in the past you know like frozen suggests you just have to let it go you know and just live in the moment you know just let it i mean honestly just there's no point in living with a grudge it's mm. just extra weight there's no need to have weight do you ever think that you should completely let go of that feeling or do you think that you should instead use it for something else i think it would be best to let go but i mean it's really hard cuz you know she my whole family is just torn apart because of what they've done i'm trying to let go but it's hard uh, but if you can let go you should yeah and so, as we've been sort of talking with this whole situation, you said that everything started when you were 12 years old, and mm-hmm. it was sort of, you know, moving in, moving out, arguments all the time. Mm-hmm. It's gotten worse and worse. How are you able to just stay strong? I know that it can't be easy. Uh, and I mean, I know you're a strong person, because, I mean... Well, in that sense and in the mental sense. Yeah. But how were you able to, you know, take this difficult time and then, you know, transform it into a a time where you were able to still grow as a person, still grow as a 
child of God? Um, my friends. My friends definitely help. Just someone to talk to. And then um, my sports coach, my sports coaches, mm-hmm. well, actually, they, uh, they just always push me to do better. That's like, and not only in sports, but also in school. But then also at my high school, we often emphasize on that we need to be better people, mm-hmm. especially in the sports, like don't try and pick fights. And I just realized that applies to everything. There's no need to create grudge or hate when honestly none of that is needed. So talking about this do you think that it's affected your day-to-day life do you think you're a different person than you were before do you think uh, no i'm still the same andre no i'm definitely not the same um it has changed me i don't know if it's for the better but i i don't know what it would have been like if my parents didn't get a divorce i mean they still don't they're just living in separate houses but it's still horrible. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't know what would be different. I think it's, I think everything God does, like even if something terrible happens, it's all for a purpose and you just need to find that purpose and just try and carry on through it no matter how hard it gets. Yes, I, I totally agree with you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for totally agreeing with me. Of course, but sometimes it's hard for people to find that purpose. Yeah. And, I I mean, I've had different situations where it's hard for me to find the purpose of this, sort of, uh, for me, like, this is is horrible. How could this be a good thing? How are you able to, how how are you able to find that? I read this book, it's called American Sniper, and this dude, uh, he was a Navy SEAL, and he always, one of the most amazing things was, like, he was this big, huge amazing warrior but every time his wife wrote something that whenever he walked into the room he was the most humble and quiet person there but you just know he had a sense of power Mm -hmm. and I think it was truly because he was just a good person who just wanted to protect people and always trying to help other people and I think that really spoke to me because I always just want to help people and try and get them through their tough times and I think like just maybe just trying to pick something up and whatever god wants you to do he'll find it for you yeah so what do you so you think your purpose is other people going through this other people going through any different problems mm-hmm. you're, you're supposed to be that person that's there for them yeah you're not supposed to turn your back on them and just say like okay no, not have empathy and just say oh no it doesn't matter you know because there are worse problems something like that you, you want to be there for them yeah i mean there's no such thing as a worse problem i mean yeah. I think it all depends on one point of view. Like, the coronavirus is terrible, but the, I'm sure there's someone out there with, dealing with a much worse problem than this. Like, it all just depends on one point of view. Like, one person's minor inconvenience could be the end of the world for someone else. And I think there's no such thing as a minor problem. I think everyone needs help for every little thing. And I think someone needs to be there to help them. Yeah, I mean, it's beautiful that you want to be that person. So, what do you think... Uh, was the worst part of that separation or splitting up of your parents? What do you think sort of stuck with you or stuck with you the longest? Probably the fact that even the people that you admire most can fall. Like, because you look up to your parents, right? Yeah. Like, the fact that the people who grew, who, like, led you and who made all your beliefs 
don't always follow the beliefs they taught you, like following God, because divorce isn't really following God, because you know you're supposed to have one one spouse for your whole life. Um, and just knowing that not everyone is perfect, that definitely stuck with me. So you think that your the the greatest thing that stuck with you was seeing your your parents not practice what they preached in yeah. a sense. Yeah. And I think, like, because that teaches me I have to stay true to my word and just always, just don't be a hypocrite also. Mm-hmm. Just just think about what you say and make sure that you really do it. Yeah, I think we as teens struggle with that a lot now. Yeah, being there's this, a lot more. I mean, hypocrite just sounds like a, a word from the Bible, but it really does have meaning. Yeah. It, it just sort of a person that says something but doesn't do it. And yeah. a lot of us struggle with that, not just in this type of sense, but just all the time. Yeah. Promise to clean something, promise to stop something, promise to whatever it is. Yeah. We fail a lot. Yeah, but we're humans. Yeah, we are human. And we can not forget, but, you know, work with those, work with whatever we do and try to become better. Yeah, learn to grow. Yeah. And I, I think that's really important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one relationship affects another and so did you let this uh the relationship with your parents affect with like your friends or i don't know girlfriend uh what well what do you i mean um i mean like with my girlfriend i don't have one right now but with past girlfriends i always just try and be there for them um because i know that my parents weren't always there for each other and I mean, in the future, I'm always just going to be a, I think a spouse needs to be a support pillar for the other person. And I'm always going to try and do that. Like no matter what it is with my friend, girlfriend, and hopefully wife. Just be there. Yeah. And, and make sure that you're that rock, that solid foundation. Mm-hmm. So when you have a family, you won't not make the same mistakes in a way, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's powerful. So what would your advice be to somebody else going through this same situation? Just try and find one little thing. Like, if you're, like, really sad, just try and find one little thing that you can be happy about. Like, even if it's as minuscule as being able to walk. Or, like, if if your parents live in two separate places, be grateful that you even have at least one place. Because there are a lot of people in the world who don't. And just be, just try and find one thing that you could be grateful for. And just focus on that to get you through it. Just find one thing that makes you happy, whether it be your friends, your success in school, uh, a really good coach. Um, you know, maybe, you know, praying. Praying definitely helps. Uh, just try and find support. You're definitely not alone. There's always someone trying to help you. How do you think this has sort of helped you or not helped you communicate God with God? Um, I think... Uh, just the other day, I, I mean, I just know God is in the in the earth, like, through what I've been taught, through what I've gone through in my own experience. But the other day, um, I went on a run by the river, and, you know, everything's going down with, like, the coronavirus and stuff, and everything's, you know, it seems to be going bad. But as I was running, I noticed that there was a lot more animals out. And I was like, wow, no matter how bad things are, you can always find one good thing. I mean, I just try and find things that I can devote myself to, devote to God. 
praying doesn't mean like, you know, praying in our father or praying the rosary. It can just be doing a little act that you devote to God and just try and find those little acts that you do. So what makes you enjoy different things like the rosary, spiritual books, going out in nature, focusing on the little good thing? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, each time I pray the rosary, I like to devote a decade to one thing that's troubling me. And a lot of the times I also like to pray for other people, such as my friends. Um, you know, I always try and help them. And I think the rosary, I think it really helps me just focus on the one thing because mm. I I offer things up each time. And I mean, I've prayed for myself and I also pray for others. And I think it's just a really good way to ask Mary for help. Mm. She's always watching over us. And it's really important that we remember that she's our mother and is always trying to help us. And then, you know, even those scripted prayers, they're really good for just, you know, focusing on one specific thing. Like the Our Father, you're really trying to help God the Father, trying to lead you and protect you. And I think that's really good. So with spiritual texts, what do you what do you think uh, is powerful about that? What What helps you? And what do you feel from reading those different things that you might not feel from TV or maybe even a different book? What, what, what's with that? Um, I think it's just, I forget the word when God, um, takes over like the writer, like not like influences his writings. And I think that spiritual writing truly has God's word in it. And I think that's really helpful to know that you're talking, you're like reading God's conversations with someone else. And I can really help you into your own conversations with God. When you're in nature, like you said, when you're just doing your own thing, playing basketball, yeah. reading a book, just sort of in your own element. How do you experience God's love? How do you know he's there for you? And how do you just sort of talk to him in those day-to-day moments? Uh, the other day I was actually shooting hoops and I was trying to fit, do one really hard thing, make 10 straight free throws. And you know how I struggle with free throws. And I'm, I'm not the best. Um, I was like really struggling and I was like, gosh, Kobe would want me to finish that. And I believe God just works through everything. And I think he was really trying to show me like through Kobe's work method that I just need to keep determined, like go use determination to finish what I promised I would do. So just sort of looking for little, little moments, little yeah. situations where you see, I don't have to give up right now. I yeah. don't have to, you know, I can think of something different that helps you persevere and mm-hmm. helps you stay strong in that i mean whether it be free throws or whether it be a really difficult situation yeah big small he's there yeah and it's that's powerful to know that a, a creator of a universe i mean yeah what yeah that's just crazy crazy to me and that's why i i feel called to do as much as i can right now and i mean just do what you can yeah just do yeah. what you can. Every team. Every team's just got to do what they can. Every be the best person that they can every day. Yeah. And yeah. it's hard. Yeah. It is not easy to be a good person, to be a holy person, to be a kind person. It's not easy. Um, but do you know Mother Teresa? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Oh, gosh. Uh, Mother Teresa's, one of her best sayings was, loving until it hurts. 
loving until it hurts, meaning you don't always feel love. You don't always want to give love, but being able to do that or just trying to do that in different difficult situations when maybe your younger brother or older brother just is furiating you, parents making you just hate everything, just different situations where it's it's seems like it's impossible to show love. Mm-hmm. Try and show that love. Yeah. And that can be little or small, like like we've been saying. And it's just really important to do that. And I think that this has been a really powerful situation. I, I, I'm sorry you have to go through all this. But I'm glad that you've been able to make a make a good thing, make a fruitful thing come out of it. Yeah. Even though it's hard, even though there's suffering involved. We take suffering and, I mean, without suffering, no joy. Yeah. If you think about that, because you, you wouldn't know what joy felt like if you didn't have to go through that suffering. Yeah. And now you're able to, since you went through that suffering, help others go through it that may be feeling the same as well. Yeah. And I think I think there's nothing more powerful than that, because you, you get brought down with your weakness. But you, you, you we have the power to forgive, and we also have the power to change others. Yeah. I don't know if there's many things more powerful than that. You know, in the in the spiritual sense. So, I just wanted to wrap this podcast up with a prayer. I think, I think we we've talked about some pretty serious subjects today. Yeah. And I think that a lot of teenagers, a lot of kids all around the world are going through this, and it's very confusing because your family's supposed to be a solid foundation, but sometimes it, it it's it's hard. It crumbles. Yeah. And what are we supposed to do that as teens? Mm-hmm. How are we supposed to work through that? And how are we supposed to realize not to put the blame on ourselves and not to put the blame on our our parents, what we should do with those feelings? Just like you said, you know, going through, going to different things. So I just want to lead us in a prayer. Lord, you know all of us. You know who we are, who we're meant to be. You know what types of suffering we're going through, whether it be big or small. Help us to realize that that suffering isn't just suffering. It isn't just plain suffering that we need to hold on to, but that we can offer up to you and then that we can use to become better people, to get closer to you, to get closer to heaven. Lord, I just want to ask that people grow closer to you, grow closer to their mother, their mother Mary. And I just want to pray for all the people, all the boys and girls, teenagers going through, going through a difficult time with their parents, whether it be divorce or any other type of situation. I just want to pray for your mercy that they can get through that. Amen. Amen. And Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, it's been a been a fun ride and we'll see you next week we love you all bye bye breadbox media programming is brought to you by have you ever been put on the spot and asked to explain or defend catholic teaching on sensitive topics such as abortion same-sex marriage or the eucharist What to say and how to say it is a straightforward and practical resource 
by Brandon Vogt, best-selling and award-winning author of Why I Am Catholic, and You Should Be Too. He offers essential tools for articulating even the most contentious aspects of your Catholic faith with clarity and confidence. You can get a copy of this important new book at AveMariaPress.com. Use code TALKFAITH to get 25% off your copy today. Looking for exceptional coffee delivered fresh to your door? We have the answer. Our friends at Grim Bean Coffee produce small batch artisan coffee using top tier coffee beans. The coffee is roasted when you order, guaranteeing the freshest coffee possible. Check out Breadbox Roasts, a new line of Catholic themed coffees available at www. Dot grimbeancoffee.com forward slash redboxmedia experience coffee like never before